The OTB Podcast Network with Green Farm on the go. Snack smart with 100% natural protein-powered chicken bites. Football on Off the Ball with Paddy Power. Ready for your next big move? The trip from the fridge to the couch. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie All right, it's that time of a Thursday. John Giles is with us. Good evening, John. Evening, Nathan. How are you keeping? Good, thank you. So, still here. <laughs> still here. That is the main thing. And you've got your vaccination, so you're free to do as you please, which is... Well, uh, more or less. More yeah. or less, Nathan, yeah. Yeah, if you were in this country, I think, unfortunately, you'd be waiting another while. But uh, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Uh, you're still watching a lot of football, though. And from a position where six weeks ago we thought this could be an incredibly exciting title race with five, six teams in it, Manchester City have gone on this incredible winning run and are ten points clear. Yeah, amazing. Well, they're, only, they're the only team that showed consistency, Nathan. If mm. you look at them all, you know, we've had about six leaders of the Premiership, uh, including Leicester and Spurs and Arsenal or whoever was there at that time, uh, Manchester United, of course. But I think they've won the last 10 on the bounce. Yeah, 17 games amazing. in all competitions. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, 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 well, as you know, early on the season, I thought they were gone, Nathan. Mm. I, didn't, I wrote them off, Manchester City. Uh, but they've come back in a big way. What they're doing, I think, extremely well uh, is what they, what made them great was getting after the opposition when they didn't have the ball and getting it back in that. And of course, they've signed Diaz or Diaz Diaz, mm. who was a big help, and John Stones coming back to where he was a few years ago. So those things have really, really been important to them, and they've been very impressive. I must say, you know. Yeah, and they've done it as well without Kevin De Bruyne for chunks of the season and without Sergio Aguero for pretty much all of the season, uh, which makes it even more impressive. And I think for a lot of people looking at the last couple of years, one of Pep Guardiola's biggest jobs would have been replacing Sergio Aguero. When you look at City now, it it feels as though they've somehow managed to figure a workaround that, that that's not quite as important as it once was. Well, well, no, it was it was very important too because he was the main goal scorer every year. Mm. Fantastic player, and as you say, he's been injured. Uh, Nathan and Jesus has come in, who hasn't scored that many, but what they're they're, they're all coming in with goals. You know, Mares and and uh, Silva, uh, as you saw last night, if we were watching anyway against uh, against Everton. Um, but I think the main thing is is the, the thing that they had great. Or one of the well, one of the things they had going great for them was getting after the opposition, getting the ball back. They, they've got they, they lost that for a while, uh, and they've got it back now. And they've definitely strengthened the defence uh, because they were very very dodgy at the back. But not at the moment. They're, not, they're losing very few goals with Dears and, and Stones at the back doing doing their stuff. Yeah, and that solidity now seems to have brought the best out of so many other players, including Rodri in the middle of midfield, who, when he came in last season, like a lot of City players, looked a little bit out of his depth. People weren't sure what exactly his role was in comparison to Fernandinho. As a central midfielder, what have you made of Rodri's performances? Yeah, I think, I think he's good, uh, Nathan. I don't think he's terribly creative, but he gives them a sense of, of def- a good defensive situation in the middle of the field. Mm. Uh, and of course, we, we have uh, uh, Gundogan. Am I, am I pronouncing his name right? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, Gundogan, Gundogan. <laughs> but uh, I, I was, I'm not a great fan of his, funny enough. Right. La- no, not as a midfield player. Right. Uh, he, he's proven you wrong over the last six or seven weeks, I think. Well, he's scoring. Mm. He's, he's scoring goals, which is which. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. 
uh, and scoring them on, on a consistent lap, consist, very, very consistent. So he's been brilliant in that particular role. Now, I was judging him as a midfield player before, in the middle of the field, and I thought he was a little bit negative when he got the ball. Instead of turning on, he was passing sideways and backwards. Uh, well, you'd have to get... Well, in my case, I'd have to get, forgive him for that if he scored in the goals the way he scored in the goals. Uh, yeah. Nathan, no doubt about that. So he's been a much more valuable uh, addition to the, to the squad, or to the team, than I thought he was a few weeks ago, mm. mainly because of the goals that he scored. It is hard to pick out who's the most important player in that City team right now because Kevin De Bruyne has been out injured. He's usually the focus, but Gundogan has gone into a run of form. Phil Foden we've spoken about over the last couple of weeks where yeah. he's got to... You look at Riyad Mahrez when he comes in last night and like technically the quality of his close control is finishing. Yeah. Is it more now actually the depth of squad that has City at a different level to everybody else? I think, yeah, well, first of all, it's the ability to have, but then getting back to where they were, I said, and I'm repeating myself mm. now, Nathan, when they haven't got the ball, there's a real, real show now. When they haven't got the ball, and making it very difficult for the opposition, which was that, at their at the best, that's what they were doing. It was 50% of what they were doing when they didn't have the ball to their success, 50% of the success, plus the, 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 when they had the ball, they were brilliant. And... Uh, you know, De Bruyne should come back into that now. You know, I've had my doubts, not my doubts, but I've criticised De Bruyne before, uh, Nathan, because I think what he does, he's the most gifted player they have, but I always felt that he, his attitude was always a bit dodgy, a bit prima donna. If he wasn't mm-hmm. doing, he was throwing his hands up in the air. Uh, and they haven't missed him that much since he's been out. Now, I think if, the, if he gets back in and does what he's capable of doing, he, 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 would, he would make them even better. They're... Well, now, runaway favourites for the Premier League being 10 points clear. They're in the League Cup final. They're still in the FA Cup. They're playing Brucey Munch and Gladbach next week in the Champions League. When you look at what you've seen in the Champions League this week from other teams, and when you look at where Manchester City are right now, are they your favourites for the Champions League? Uh, sorry, Manchester City and... Uh, Manchester City, are they, are they your favourites to go and win the European Cup as well? Well, it, it, well it's, it's a long way to go, Nathan, mm. and they certainly look like they're going to win. The, 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 but in football, anything can happen. I mean, if you look at the difference, say, for Liverpool, I know it's last season and this season, you wouldn't believe that that could happen. Uh, so Manchester City are definitely in favourites uh, for the competitions that they're in. There's no doubt about that. But there's a long way to go. You know, you get injuries, you get all sorts of things. And, and that's football. At the moment, it's looking very, very good for them, and you would have to make them favourites. But I just say, a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned Liverpool, and listen, it's been one of those crazy weeks that we're getting used to where there was a full blown crisis on Saturday when they blew that lead against yeah. Leicester, and again, we saw the problems with Alisson. But then they bounced back and were quite impressive at times against Leipzig. Is that just what Liverpool are going to be for the rest of the season, considering? the injury problems they've had and the, the, the knock that their confidence has taken? I think they'll be more consistent, Nathan. I expect them to improve. You know, I think what's happened to them, you know, we've had a lot of injuries, as we know. The, 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 the season started again after having a great season last season. This, these things happen in football. But you don't become that bad from season to season unless the players are getting older. And that's not the case at Liverpool, uh, Nathan. I expect them to come back. I think they'll make the near, if Manchester City go on to win it as we expect them to do. I, I think it could be Liverpool that would be, be getting nearest to them, and I certainly wouldn't write them off in the Champions League. Mm. I, I, you know, you don't get that bad overnight. They've got a lot of injuries, as we know. 
circumstances have, have, have caught up with them, which nobody expected to, uh, with the injuries that they've had. Um, but they proved the other night against Leipzig they can they can still be good, and I expect them to get better and better, Nathan, as it goes along. The way they lost their last two league matches against Manchester City and Leicester in both games with 20 minutes to go, they're level with Manchester City, they're leading Leicester and it sort of turns into a bit of a calamity in both of them with Alisson central to it. When it goes apart in such an extreme way, can you explain it? Can you, can you look at Liverpool in the latter stages of those games and identify what's gone so horribly wrong for them? Yeah, goalkeeper. Alisson made, made, mm. like, is a brilliant goalkeeper, as we've seen. I don't even remember him making a mistake all last season. And the things that he did in the, in the Manchester City match were unbelievable. I mean, he laid two goals, two goals on a plate for Manchester City, mm. and they took advantage of it. Then we go to Leicester, and the mistake that he made for the goal uh, when it was one, one, I know there were there were there was lots of controversy about the the the, pound, the, the free kick situation and that, uh, but that only made it one one. Mm. You know that the teams can come back from that, like Liverpool. But once uh, uh, Allison, they collapsed mainly because the goalkeeper collapsed. I mean, what he did for the second goal, Nathan, was just incredible. He must have run out for, what twenty, nearly twenty five yards yeah. for a ball that the defender had. You know, on his own, virtually. Now, what he was doing, I don't know. What he was doing against uh, uh, Manchester City the previous week, that's three goals he was, he was, he was totally responsible for. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't co- it cost him a goal since he's come back, come into the club. You know, you don't expect anything like that to happen. And uh, why he did it, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just well, unbelievable. But the other day now, he was full of concentration, uh, in, in the Leipzig match, full of concentration, as he should have been. It's, so, it's something that you would never, ever think would happen to him. And again, that's football. Yeah. But you, you, you know, it just, it's just impossible. I mean, he was saving them last year, point after point after point in different matches. He was absolutely unbelievable. And then he goes to, to two, two vital matches like that, and it's the cause of three goals, not one goal, and, and the defeats, Nathan. You know, you have to put it down to him. In, 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 those last, in the two matches you mentioned. Mm. I think the worry for Liverpool supporters is that maybe they look at somebody like David De Gea, who three, four years ago was the best goalkeeper in the world, who made yeah. all those saves for Manchester United, who kept them in games, and mm. then mistakes started to happen, and it's continued, that actually maybe now Alisson, his head is gone, and that this player, who was arguably the best goalkeeper in the world, is now turning into a bit of a liability. It's only two games, but... Would you be concerned that when you have it goes so badly wrong that it's quite difficult for Alisson to get his confidence back up to where Liverpool needed to be? Well, he was fine the other night, Nathan. Mm. You know, against Leipzig, no doubt about that. You could see his concentration was there, he's kicking, he's that. He just had a couple of bad games. I don't expect that to happen. Of course it can happen. It can happen to any goalkeeper, you know. I mean, Spurs' keeper was the best at one time, and he's not so good. And you say with the Manchester United keeper, it made a mistake. It can happen, and the nerves can go. I would be very, very surprised uh, if, that, if that happened to Alisson. Very surprised. What about Thiago's performances for Liverpool? Because he came in in the summer with a stellar reputation with all he'd achieved at uh, Bayern Munich and at Barcelona before that. And he's had some serious injury problems but over the last few weeks when he's come in a lot of questions and uh, that maybe his style of play doesn't suit this Liverpool team 
No, I, I wouldn't agree with that, Nathan. I mean, he's come in at a very, very bad time for Liverpool. Mm. You know, they're playing at the worst with all the injuries they've had. I mean, you, 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 you'd have to judge him in the team that played last year. If, yeah. if you're looking at the bright side of it. So he's come in at the worst time possible for any player, to, as a new player, to come into the club. And as you say, he's had a couple of injuries as well. I think he'll, I think he'll, it, he'll prove to be a big asset for them. I think he's a very good player. I'd say he's the most creative midfield player that they have. But in recent times, if the goalkeeper's doing what he's doing and the team is not doing what they normally do, then it's a, bad, a really bad time for him to show what he can do. But I think he'll come good for Liverpool. Yeah, uh, so you're just waiting basically then till he has Henderson and Vinaldo either side of him before yeah, making a full yeah. judgment. Well, well, what, happens, what happens a lot in football, Nathan, you know, uh, you see a lad out for injuries, they have a bad run, and he, it's, an old, it's an old saying in football, he's become a great player with, without having played a match mm. because he hasn't, he hasn't. And they say, well, it must be down to him because he's not playing. And sometimes that's not the case. And, and this is the case here, I think, because he's come in at this particular time when Liverpool are having a very, very bad spell. That it, it, It's very easy to point the finger at him and say, well, you know, it's his fault. He's not doing his stuff. But uh, I, think he'll, I think he'll prove to be, to be a big player for, for Liverpool. All right, we shall see. John, I want to take a quick break because I do want to talk about Spurs as well and their decline in form, but we'll do that right after these. Football on Off The Ball with Paddy Power. Champions League nights on Off The Ball. Bigger than Zlatan's ego. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie Football on Off The Ball with Paddy Power. Minimal contact in stadiums? shouldn't stop the usual suspects from going down. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie You're welcome back. John Giles is with us as always on this Thursday evening. John, I almost had to take a stop for a moment when I looked at the Premier League table and <laughs> spotted the Spurs are ninth, uh, just ahead of Arsenal, considering mm. we, they met in the North London derby uh, before Christmas and Spurs at that 2-0 win that was seen as a bit of a masterclass. They get early goals and they sit back. And that maybe in this strange season they had the depth of squad that they could go on for a bit of a title run. It's been an absolute collapse ever mm. since then. What's gone wrong? I, well, no, nobody knows, Nathan, but, uh, but they're certainly in trouble. I think Mourinho's in trouble. Mm. Um, I think it got into a situation that it was at Manchester United. I think it's upset a lot of people, uh, particularly Gareth Bale and Deli Ali. Um, and a lot of it could go back to, you know, that documentary they did in the summer. Yeah. Like, they did things, I watched the documentary, and things happened in that and watched, watched it that should never happen in a football club. What sort you of know? stuff? Well, first of all, whatever happens in the dressing room stays in the dressing room. Mm. And there has to be a sense of trust between the managers and the players in that you could have, and I was very lucky, I played in a Leeds United team for 12 years. We had a very good manager, good set of lads. And there was big rows, especially with Big Jack. Big Jack was involved in nearly all of them, right? And Dom would have a go at me, or he'd have a go at Norman Hunt, he'd have a go at anybody, we'd have a go at each other. It never became public, Nathan. And that's the way it's supposed to be. What happens in the dressing room stays in that dressing room. And next thing, you have a documentary with Levy, the, 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 the chairman, getting involved in it. You had, uh, you know, Mourinho getting on to, to Deli Ali at that particular time. And at the moment, looking at it last week, Nathan, when the match was finished with Manchester City and they had a right hiding, 
Mm. Right hiding in, in that particular game. Manchester City were very good. And next thing I saw him going out on the pitch. And I don't know if you noticed, he's, you know, he's, he, he's saying to, putting his arms around a few of the players. They didn't want to know. Yeah. I, in my opinion, they didn't want to know. And then after the match, he said, I can't say anything about the players. They were great. They did this. They did that. They did the other. In other words, I'm trying to get back with the players. That's the way I read it with them. Because they weren't good. I don't think they were having at the end. I don't think they were having a go for him. And I think he was trying to make the most of it. That's the way I would read it. I think you know. I think when Mourinho, at some stage in his career, in his career at any different clubs, whether it be Manchester United, somewhere along the line, if they're not having good results, he falls out with the players, Nathan, mm. and he doesn't take the he doesn't really take the responsibility himself. And, and what I see at the moment is that situation, and I think it's trouble. Is Mourinho, as a manager, maybe just not suited to the way modern, modern clubs are run when you, you often go on about the importance of the manager being able to select their players? Mm. I think you mentioned before that it very much felt like Garth Bale was a Daniel Levy buy. Yes. That he brought him back, maybe not yeah. for purely footballing reasons. Matt mm. Doherty, again, even at the time, he looked at the way he played with Wolves and you wondered where he was going to fit into Mourinho's system. And from very mm. early in the season, you could see Mourinho wasn't happy with him yeah. as a right back. That... Mourinho doesn't have the control of the players he's brought in and that maybe he wasn't able to go into that dressing room and improve any of the players that were already there. Yeah, he falls out with them, Nathan. Mm. You know, like, I would suspect, too, that he wouldn't be in charge of the, the, the incoming players, as you mentioned there, which he, after Chelsea and when he was at his best, he did have that power to do it. But if you look at the Delhi Alley situation, for example, there's no doubt that he wants them to go to Paris Saint-Germain on loan and Levi stopped, Levi stopped it. Mm. Now, that's, that's dangerous stuff. You know I mean? That's going against what the manager wants on the playing side. And that's, that's, big, that's big trouble. And, that's, and, and, and when he blows up, he blows up in a big way. You know, if you go back to Chelsea, Manchester United, any of the teams he with, like he has to be in control, which, which he's right to do. And if he loses control of the players, and particularly with the Levi, Levi situa- Levi's situation, uh, it's it, 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 it's looking like it's getting to that stage. Yeah. Nathan. The problem is clearly Mourinho, though, because like this has happened now at a succession of clubs. Oh, yeah. Well, well, don't forget, he's been hugely successful mm. as well. I mean, hugely successful. So it depends what happens, I think, when, when he goes into Manchester United. Uh, if he gets off to a good start, everything is okay. Right. If they lose a couple of matches early on, like he did with uh, Luke Luke Shaw, mm. or was it Luke Shaw was that his name? That, yeah. that left back. Yeah. You know, publicly humiliating them, right. and that's what he does. If it's not going his way, then it's it's not his fault. So he has to bl- start blaming somebody, and once he starts blaming, particularly the players, then he's going to lose them. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's got to that stage, or it's, it looks very near. To be that, to be at that stage at Spurs at the moment, and if you're losing matches like they are losing, then players lose confidence. The players themselves lose confidence in the manager. It also doesn't look like it's a very uh, enjoyable style of football to play within. Now, maybe when you're winning games, everything is enjoyable, but for a team that's a lot of attacking, creative players to be told by and large it seems just to get men behind the ball and to try and hold out, particularly if they have a lead, that eventually footballers are, are going to get a bit bored with that. Yeah. Well, that's what he's always done. Now, mm. He hasn't changed. I mean, Mourinho hasn't changed. It's just that, if you look at it, he mightn't have the players. 
that, that he had at Chelsea who, who did what he wanted to do with, with John Terry and Lampard. They had some great players, you know. And I don't think he's changed. He hasn't changed his way of managing. I mean, at, at Chelsea, when he first went to Chelsea, see, he got off to a good start his first time at Chelsea. So he didn't have to get on to the players. Yeah. It, it was just, okay, lads, go out, same again, same again, same again. It's when he loses a couple of matches, like he didn't get a good start at Manchester United. Then he picks on them, you know, and, and, and then they fa- he falls out with them, like he did with, with uh, 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 a few of the players at Manchester United, especially Pogba. Yeah. You know, the Pogba situation, um, and my take on it is, I, I don't think he would have bought Pogba. I think mm. Pogba was bought by, the, by the, 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 the man in charge of the transfers, who wasn't doing it exceptionally well. But when he came back after the World Cup, Mourinho actually said he's a world-class player. Yeah. I think that was to go along with the, the buying of Pogba. I don't think he ever, Pogba was ever his type of player. Right? And I think he thought, well, I can handle it. I need the Manchester United job. And then it got to a stage where Pogba was playing so poorly, he turned on him. Mm. And that got worse and worse. And a few other players, because it was going to... And I think that's the way Mourinho is. He falls out with players. If they're not, if he does, you know, it's never his fault. And I think, I think he's fallen out with a few of the Spurs players at the moment, which leads to big trouble. And I don't think he has a good relationship with Levy anyway. It is all leading, once again, to speculation around Harry Kane's future and... Harry Kane is going to be 28 in the summer. He is still waiting to win a trophy with Tottenham. If you're in Kane's position and like, look at what he's achieved already as a Spurs player without the trophies, the type of guy they'll probably end up building a statue outside the stadium if he stays. But is that enough? Or do you think to fulfil his own ambitions, he's got to go to, well, he can probably go wherever he wants? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult to know because I don't, you don't know Kane, I don't know Kane. Mm. I mean, it could, be, it could be Spurs through and through. You know, he's, he's earning quite a lot of money. He probably got money going somewhere else. Um, but you don't know what's gone through, lads. I mean, some of the lads, if he grew up supporting Spurs, which I think he did, all his life he wants to play for Spurs. He is playing for Spurs. He's very successful for Spurs. Does he want to move? You know, does he want to win more trophies? We don't know. But I think if, I mean, I saw in the paper this morning, 150, 150 million is mentioned. Right? Yeah. Now, would he, will, will Levy get that much for him? I mean, to be honest now, if I was Manchester City at the moment, or, or probably Manchester United, but certainly Manchester City, I would pay the £150 million for him. Right. Because I think he'll get the money back with him in the team that they have. Yeah. I think he'd be sensational uh, with them, the way they play. That would be my take on as yeah. a player. Now, whether he would want to do that, I, do, I think if Levy got, got the £150 million, I think he'd sell him. Yeah. I think Spurs need money mm. at the moment. So I think he would sell him. As, 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 as ambitions to win trophies, uh, I don't know. But, but so, some lads are in clubs, uh, Nathan, the very few of them in Bale's position, where he Spurs through, and we don't know. He's never said anything. Uh, you must say, like he's always done his stuff for Spurs. He hasn't, he hasn't stopped doing that because he wants to get away, um, and he, he, and he's done the job for them in a big, big way. But um, I mean, if, if if he wants trophies, he's going to have to move. Yeah. 
Manchester City, considering they're 10 points clear, are being linked with a lot of attacking players uh, come the summer. And obviously Lionel Messi is one of them. And maybe what happens with Barcelona in the Champions League is uh, going to ensure that he certainly goes this summer. Difficult question, but and to totally different players at different stages of your career. If you're the Manchester City manager, right now, this coming summer, do you want Lionel Messi or do you want Harry Kane? Harry Kane. Harry Kane, in my opinion, Harry Kane. Right. You have to, you have to. He's he's, he's at the peak of his career. Now Messi has been probably, well, I think the best player in the world. Mm. But uh, uh, you know, he is he is thirty three, thirty four at yeah. this stage. Uh, so you'd have to you'd have to look to the future, you know. Uh, and I think you know, and I think there's no doubt that Kane would be playing longer than than, than Messi. Yeah. You know, I would. That'd be my my personal opinion. That if we're spending that type of money, and there'd be a lot, you'd have to spend a lot of money on Messi. Don't forget. Well, he might get a free transfer, but mm. the wages would be would would be severe. Now, it would be a temptation uh, uh, to go for him. But if you're asking me my opinion, I'd go for Kane. Yeah, uh, we'll have a lot of time for talking about what happens in the transfer window. But just going back to Liverpool then, because if they're looking to and already I'm sure thinking about getting back close to Manchester City next season, if you're looking at their front three, who've been together for a long time, and you might have seen Jamie Carragher's analysis of how many minutes they've all played over the last four or five seasons together mm -hmm. at Liverpool. Is that an area next summer you think if Liverpool want to get back contending that they need to look at? Well, it, it could be. I mean, they, they bought Yotta. Mm. Yotta? Yeah. You now it's been a success. The, 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 it could well be. I mean, these lads, I think that it's Liverpool... I mean, Firmino hasn't played well at all. Uh, mm. But, I mean, Salah's still scoring the goals. Manny still scores. I mean, there's a few years left in them, Nathan, if they want to stay there. Yeah. You know, I think there's, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, and, and I think they're at the peak of their careers. You don't think that's because they've all played together for so long that like teams have figured it out, that the natural cycle of a club that's contending is that you need a turnover of players. You need something new. Well, you could, yeah. Well, well, well. Liverpool in the past have always done that when they yeah. had Dalglish and and they 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 they, they bought players in, uh, but they didn't let the great players go either. I mean, they kept Dalglish for a long time, Rush for a long time. So I don't think Mane and uh, Salah will ever lose the ability to do what they're doing, as long as they have the will to do it. Yeah, and I think they're pros. So uh, I I don't think anybody's going to figure them out. You know, no, no matter how good the opposition is, I mean, if you look at Messi and Ronaldo over the years, I mean, we all know how they play. Who's figured them out? You know, that's what makes great players. They they just don't be figured out. And I think Salah and Mane are those type of players. As long as they have the players around them, uh, Nathan, you know, which I think Liverpool will have the players around them. Yeah. To do it, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't think they'd be. They'd be have to go. Now, unless they've been tapped up themselves and their agents have, have, have this is the big problem for, for people in, in the position that Liverpool are in. I mean, if somebody gets a hold of Salah, his agent comes to him and says, look, Barcelona, I can get it moved to Barcelona for X amount. All you have to do now is get away. This is what happens in the game today. There's no doubt about it. But if they're prepared to stay at Liverpool and are happy at Liverpool, I think they're there for it. They're doing the stuff for the next few years. All right, John, great stuff as always. 
Okay, Nathan. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Yeah. John Giles there with us every Thursday. If you missed any of that, you can subscribe to the podcast on the OTB Sports app. Remember, two live games as always this Sunday on Off the Ball. Myself and Brian Kerr will bring you through Aston Villa and Leicester from 2 o'clock. And then it's Arsenal against Manchester City from half past four with Stephen Doyle and Vinnie Barth. Football on Off the Ball with Paddy Power. Ready for your next big move? The trip from the fridge to the couch. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie The OTB Podcast Network with Green Farm on the go. Snack smart with 100% natural protein-powered chicken bites. 